voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts Q Floyd and Jabari Harris. What's going on, people? Hey, how y'all doing? The AFF Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, people, American Football in Finland is currently available on 25 different platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Before we get into the show, how was the weekend for you two guys? I had a pretty productive weekend, uh, man, just, you know, outside of working and father duty, just trying to, man, get through this winter, man. We've been having some good weather and just enjoying that for a change. For me, I think uh, I've just been chilling, man. You know, the coronavirus, man, made its way to uh, Qatar, so... uh, just been staying low, man, you know, pretty much hanging out doing me. Can't hurt to be safe, man. Can't hurt to be safe. Uh, for me, this weekend, just spent it with my daughter. Had two full days of her. She got on my last nerves, but we made it through, so that's all that really matters. And now we back at it again next week up. So today we're going to talk about the CFL combine that was held in Finland back in January. I know it's a little late to talk about it, but we want to let the you know dust settle and let our emotions calm down before we really got into it. But now we're ready to talk about it, so let's get into it. All right, so let's start off with some initial thoughts on the CFL combine process. What do you guys think about the whole CFL 2.0 program going global? Well, I definitely think it's uh, beneficial for these uh, uh, European athletes all across Europe to finally have a fair opportunity to be able to display their talents and not so much of say, oh, if I had this opportunity, I think I could compete on this level. Well, now it's here. They have a whole combine set out for specifically these guys and all of these countries where football is either big or it's starting to grow. And these guys can really go out and compete and get themselves a shot. So. I think in that sense, it's good. And also, it gives us the opportunity to talk about some of these players that we've been saying, I think this guy could play in the CFL. Or I think this guy has Division One talent. Now we get to put these guys under the, under, the, under the microscope and see how they perform on the big stage. Yeah, I, I agree with Barry. Um, I think uh, it, it gives the players opportunities that's playing in the Maple League right now um, to show what they got. Um, I think for the younger players that's not in the Maple League yet, it may be some motivation or something, you know, maybe gave them a new goal to have um, in the future for them, you know, to work harder and try to possibly be in a combine. Um, I think anytime you get an invite or um, you get a chance to showcase your talents, it's good for uh, for everybody. So um, the Finnish guys I know probably were excited about it, something that they've probably never really done there. And, um, you know, just opened some eyes to a lot of people and, and uh, I think it was a good thing for him. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. It definitely was awesome globally. Uh, and I think that whatever whatever comes of it can only benefit the sport. You know, like this can only help. It's not one of those things that can ever really be negative. But let's get into Finland because the combine that happened in Finland back in January, it went a little differently than what some people thought it should have and it went exactly how some other people thought it should have. But what are your overall thoughts about how the Finnish guys performed at the CFL combine in Finland back in January? Um, I think, um, 
Whew, uh, some some good and some bad. Um, I think as a hold, as a whole, it wasn't that good as a hold. I think um, a lot of the guys weren't prepared in certain areas. Um, I think there's an average when you're looking at position by position. There's a certain median that you want to be at at least to uh, to be compared to the other guys that you might be playing against or some of the guys you might be going against um, on the way to uh, the CFL. So I think um, for a lot of the guys, I think they some some guys I think they showed some good stuff, and some guys I was a little disappointed in. Uh, so overall, I think the the numbers they weren't necessarily terrible in every category, but I think it could have been better. Um, I don't think. Uh, that the guys were just that, you know, uh, prepared and as a whole, you know, and uh, the numbers pretty much show it. I definitely agree with Q. I mean, like, you know, I had uh, very high expectations for some of these guys because just based off uh, the talent that they've displayed or the field uh, talent that they've had in the league, I really just expected a lot of these guys to come out and just wow me. But at the end of the day, like Q said, like, I just don't think that the guys were prepared or that they just didn't know how to prepare for this combine. And I just wish that, you know, if you have only about 14 guys participating, uh, I just wish that this would have been the time that some type of help or some type of uh, devotion to making them better and prepare for this would have been, you know, administrated by the league itself. Because I think that for the, the SAJL, for the country, this was a big opportunity to display and get a lot of guys on the map and get the league on the map. But I think that we kind of like, not we, but I think that they kind of just dropped the egg on this one. Yeah, I agree with y'all both. Like, um, for me, it's, it's just two major things about this whole situation. The first situation was the numbers and how the guys performed. I expected it to look something like it was. I didn't expect anyone to have some like super great numbers or do really well because in Europe, the combine events aren't practice. So I didn't expect anything like that. But also with the numbers being the way they were, it it's just I want to reiterate that that's the level that is being played. Like the numbers aren't they didn't make up the numbers. These numbers are accurate and it it really plays into the skill level and, and how talented some of these guys are. We might say a guy, you know, in the Maple League is an all-star and he can be an all-star and he can ball in the games and his numbers don't look all-star numberish. And that's because that's the level that's actually being played. And I know it kind of sounds like I'm like bashing the league, but when I look at guys and they're playing in the Maple League, I compare them to guys playing in the Maple League. I don't compare them to CFL and NFL guys. Because I feel like that's unfair. And I think a lot of people kind of consider that, oh, they might not be in that league, but they could be. And then when these numbers come out, it's like, oh, I was wrong. For me, I feel like this was kind of justifying what I've been thinking all along. But I also do think that none of these guys was prepared. And there's no way they could be prepared. It's not in the culture to prepare for combine events. Guys in Europe play football. That's it. It showed it in the combine, but going forward, we know that they're going to put more emphasis on it. Look good, play good. It's as simple as that. And Record Athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms. Made by players for players. Record Athletics produces high quality uniforms for teams throughout Europe. Record Athletics also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. 
Visit RecordAthletics.com today to take your team to the next level. Let's get into the players. Uh, first, I want to talk about skilled players that attended the Combine. Obviously, only two players got the big CFL invite in Toronto. But let's talk about some of the skilled guys that that actually did compete and um, attend this Combine here in Finland. Let's talk about young Kari. What do you guys think about his performance? I think that uh, Kari, uh, I, I expected a bit more because, you know, he's one of the the top athletes, in my opinion, that's played in the Maple League uh, this past season. He was our uh, number one uh, player in the country. And uh, I really just expected uh, him to be able to perform better. I mean, he did a great job on the bench. I think he got 21 reps, which is surprisingly he outbenched more more than the offensive lineman and D lineman, which should never happen. But I think that he definitely showed what we've seen his strengths are, is his, his power, his strength. I think that one thing that pointed out is, which is what we've always talked about, is Carr is not necessarily a blazing fast guy. And it showed because he ran a 5.07 in the 40. And this is something that I think that if this kid could have had somebody training him and preparing him for this, I think that he easily runs a better 40. I think that the rest of his numbers fall in line, his size, his skill set. And he's a guy that you say, damn. With a little fine tuning, he probably could have had a shot to go at the next level. And this is us talking about the best player in the country not making it to the next level simply because his numbers didn't show up. So with Kari, I was I wasn't disappointed with him. I was disappointed in the lack of preparation to get him where he needed to be. And I think that we're probably gonna be talking about this with most of the guys, but that's my thoughts and opinions on Kari's performance. Um, just to piggyback on on what Barry said, um, he definitely, Kari definitely, bench-wise, he, you know, I, I expect that he's a strong kid. Uh, his 40 time, I would definitely like to see see it at more of the 4-6 range. Uh, I think that would have probably gave him a little more, um, you know, I guess a little more look, you could say. Vertical wasn't that bad. Um, Three-cone drill probably could have been a little slower. Uh, I mean, a little faster. Um, but overall, he didn't wow them. I'm pretty sure, definitely not off the numbers. Um, and like Barry said, being that we chose him as the number one player in Finland, um, he is probably one of the guys who I would no- normally expect to make it to the next level as far as being a CFL player or, or on the on the road program. So um, I was a little disappointed in Kari. I, I felt I don't know if he was 100% healthy, um, but. I, I, I thought his numbers would really, you know, boost him up to to where people could see, like, all right, this is one of the best players in Finland. Um, and I think him getting invited to it would have been a big thing, too. But So I was a little disappointed in Kari's uh, overall um, numbers. Well, wh- one thing I think that kind of hurt Kari was not doing the shuttle. I don't know why he didn't do it, but if Kari, Kari's skill set is he's kind of a quick cutter, He's not fast, but he sees lanes and he can make he can change direction very well, very quickly, and he ruins your angles when you're trying to tackle him and he breaks tackles. But he doesn't have blazing speed. What I would have liked to see was maybe his split time from his ten sec his ten yard to twenty yard. Once he gets going, how fast can he be for a short amount of time? Because if you watch him pl- if you watch him play, he's not gonna get the ball and then just leave everybody. He's gonna get the ball move a little bit, make somebody miss, 
get about 20, 30 yards, and then get tackled. We haven't seen it last year. I think it was against the Butchers where he got walked down in open field, and it was like it was just too many yards. He got like 60. That's about what he's good for. You know, he'll, he'll get you. If it's a 40, 50-yard touchdown you need, he's going to get you there. But if you need, you know, 60, 70 yards, this ain't the one. And that's okay for a running back. Running backs are usually a little bit heavier, and they work in that range of 30 to 40 yards. But, you know, it's a lot of toll on the body. But for these guys, they need to, you know, kind of stand out. And if he don't have that kind of speed, he has to stand out elsewhere. And like you both said, he didn't stand out. So even the 21 reps doesn't really stand out for a running back. That's an average running back in most, like, CFL, NFL leagues. He needed to put up, like, 25, almost 26 reps to, you know, catch their eyes. Like, oh, well, maybe he could, you know, be a bruiser somewhere else. But he was average everywhere, even height-wise. He's under 5'10", so that's tough. Let's go to some of the guys that did well. Let's go to Sebastian Sagney. What do y'all think about him? Um, I think I – think... Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I think um Sebastian um his his forty time was 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 okay for me, um, being at his height and his size. I think him running a four six was, was good. Um but his bench. Uh four reps, that's that's basically just you don't work out. You know what I mean? That's just what that is. Like you didn't you didn't work on this, you didn't you didn't practice this before this combine. You just didn't do anything. And I think the four six was based basically off of him just having natural uh born speed and uh and he's in shape somewhat. Um but uh his vertical wasn't bad. I mean he was in that thirty almost thirty five range. So that wasn't bad. His his cone drill, his three cone drill was low seven. Um shuttle was a four five. So um looking at his looking at his 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 forty time and his shuttle it wasn't that much that big of a difference which it should have probably been like the shuttle should have been a little less a lot less maybe than his 40 time maybe around four he's six two man he's six i know it but he's he's long you know what i mean like he should be able to he still should be able to cut that's route running three cone that's route running for him yeah it is i just i just think i just thought it was i mean it's not bad like don't get me wrong it's not overall bad i think his bench was the worst um, but other than that, his numbers, I can see why they picked him. I will say that. I can see why they picked him because his numbers overall look better than anybody else's overall. Yeah, I think if anything, Sebastian numbers gave you that, okay, he has potential. Like, throw the bench out the window. Nobody cares about a receiver's bench unless they want him to be blocking anyways. Sebastian ain't blocking nobody. We know that. It's okay. But if a guy's six two, he can jump pretty well, run under a four eight, and can move. And that's what the three cones showed me. I don't I don't like his shuttle. I think his shuttle is super high. A four five, like it just means he can't go up and down. But if he can do the three cone closer to a six nine, six eight, if he tried, that means he can get his hips down, change direction. That's route running. And then a four seven, it ain't fast, but like you said, if he can jump, he that gives the quarterback more target area. You could throw it left or right, you can throw him open and know that he's gonna reach it. And he's gonna have just enough separation that he can make plays at the CFL level. Definitely the CFL level. Maybe not NFL, but again, we're talking CFL. What about you, Barry? What are your thoughts on Sebastian? Um, I agree with you guys, with both of you guys on everything you said about Sebastian's performance. 
I think that when you look at him on the field, his numbers definitely translate. I mean, you had good speed. Uh, he's about 6'2", 201 pounds, so he's a nice size receiver. I think that with his size, I definitely would have expected or wanted him to be more physical because I feel like if he could have put up like 10, 15 reps and been a physical receiver, that just gives him more of an upside. I mean, if he could have been able to have the strength to go along with that speed, and I think he'll notice this going forward to the next level when he gets to Toronto for the big combine, that some of those guys are are big. And they are fast. And that's what separates a lot of these athletes here in Europe from some of these guys in Canada, some of these guys in, in the States. You got guys that are like 6'4", 230, running this same 40 that Sebastian ran. And I think that now that he knows and understands that, he's putting in the work. And I, <laughs> I expect him to come back and be a little bit more prepared. And I hope that he takes this size seriously because – I think that the CFL is going to be more physical for him. And I think that, you know, some of those guys flying around trying to put a body on you is going to be a bigger impact than some of these smaller DBs and guys here in Europe. So I agree with you guys, and I think his numbers were okay for what it's worth. Yeah, you well, you kind of opened my eyes there when you was talking about – I didn't think about – because like I said earlier, I didn't think about comparing him to other people. When he goes to Toronto – the boy's going to be big out there, even the DBs. He might want to get that bench up a little bit. Sure. Moving on, uh, let's talk about the other guy who's getting selected, uh, Mickey J, young Mickey J. What do you think about uh, his performance, Jabari? Uh, Mickey Mickey's another guy. You know, he's a smaller guy, you know, very short. I mean, coming in 5'7". Uh, but for what it's worth, like, again, his strengths were what we expected. I mean, 22 reps, 4840. Uh, four, three, four shuttle. Um, this guy is definitely a guy that I look at and say, if possible, he could be converted to a running back. And I think that that's another reason why, you know, he may have been able, because it did, honestly, they were only supposed to take one athlete from this combine and they took two. And I think that when you look at Mickey, he's so versatile as a player. I mean, watching his film, he's a guy that I think that he could be a, a good scat back on the CFL level with his size, with his strength. I think that he could have been another guy that if he was more prepared, he could have run a better 40. I mean, for him, I mean, when you look at him, he's another guy like Carr that in games, he gets a ball and it's like, this guy's gone. So me coming out, I'm expecting, all right, four, six, four, seven. I think that a four, eight is just, again, uh, not being prepared for this, but his numbers compared. The crazy thing about it is take away the 40, Mickey's numbers and everything else was better than Sebastian's. I mean, he had a lower shuttle. He had a better bench. They had almost a similar vertical. So I think for what it's worth, Mickey showed out in this thing. And I think that uh, he definitely is. A, uh, he definitely has an upside. I mean, with his size and being able to be looked at at two positions compared to one, he may have a better opportunity because of that than Sebastian does. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, a lot of what you said made sense. I'm going to talk about him now, especially the whole running back aspect. I know he's a, a receiver, and he has good hands, and he can run routes. And just the numbers he put up here, his three-cone and shuttle, just kind of average. But like you said, with that 22 strength, meaning that you know he can carry the ball, break tackles, he's not going to go down on the first hit. He's a guy that you can put in rotation, and he has very good – 
ball skills. When he has the ball, his you know breaking tackles and being able to make defenders miss, that's something that he's really good at doing. And that's also something he was able to show in the combine most likely was, you know, catching the ball, making a move right after he makes a catch. It's kind of his signature is catch it, make a move and, you know, then skirt off in the lower levels, obviously not the CFL. But even then, he has that good speed. Uh, One thing I think that was hard to tell, again, I wish I could see their splits because I know it says he ran a 4.8, but how long can you maintain that speed? And he's one of those guys that can maintain the speed for a very long period of time, which could be beneficial, especially at the running back position. So I was I was surprised a little bit by how well Mickey's numbers were. I expected him to be a little bit worse from what I've seen him as a player, but he proved to have good numbers that do well for his position and his skill set. What about you, Q? What did you think about it? Um, I, I think Mickey numbers was, was pretty good. Um, I like this show. Um, his vertical was nice um, for his height. Um, I think if, I think I honestly, if he was a little lighter, I think he might've would have probably ran a faster 40 or it could have been form or whatever. But I think, um, overall, like, like, uh, Jabari said, you take one thing away and, uh, his numbers are better. Um, definitely his shuttle. I think is good cause he can play slot receiver quick. He can, he, he can create some matchups. Um, I think he's the player that um, when you think of you coming from it from a team point of view that they can do the most with. Um, so if they pick him up, they can put him maybe a returner, maybe slot receiver, maybe some reverses. Um, who knows? Maybe some passes out of the backfield. So I think overall he was the best athlete there and his numbers pretty much showed that um, he, he is a guy from what I know um, who always stays in pretty good shape. So I think his bench uh, made him stand out. I mean, obviously, if you're benching more than the linemen, um, I think that's a major thing. So uh, I think I think Mickey did pretty good. So moving on a little bit, uh, another guy that was at the combine was running back Tuka Lettinen. What do you guys think about his performance? I think Tuka. I think that uh, we all see from these numbers that he didn't perform as well as he probably wanted to. Um, I think Tuka had nice size. I I didn't know that he was that heavy because I mean when you look at him. He looks like a, a wide receiver, so I'm guessing like a buck eighty five, a buck ninety. But you know, he came in this thing six foot two oh six. So I mean, he's a guy that I think that if he would have put up some numbers and had some great ball skills, which is something that we've never really seen from Tuka, even you know in the season. Tuka's a hard runner. He's a true runner. He's never just been a flashy scat back that you send out of the backfield to line up in the slot and uh, run routes and. Uh, those that definitely showed. I mean, he was another guy. I think him and Kari had about the same 40, which I think is odd because he's taller than Kari. So I felt like, oh, with his stride and with his explosiveness and his he's in very good shape. He's another guy. I'm like, oh, four, six, four, seven. And he's somebody that when you look at him, OK, he's a receiver, not a running back. But uh, I think that also the bench 12 reps. I mean, you look at guys like Mickey, you look at Kari. This is something that he also needs to improve in because by looking at these 12 reps, again, you say wide receiver, not a running back. So I think that his numbers were definitely on the the down end of performing for his position because he didn't show to be fast. He didn't show to be strong and he didn't show to really be athletic side to side. So I think that, again, he's another guy that has the look and has the potential, but would have needed that coaching and that preparation to take his numbers to a higher level. I think that compared to Kari, because he's tall, if he was a bit, you know, stronger, a bit heavier, 
he would have had a better upside as a running back simply because he has a nice size for a running back. You look at a little guy like Kari at 5'9", he reminds me of a finished version of Darius Sproles or somebody, just somebody that you get to the CFL with those big 6'5", 6'6", linemen, you don't even see them back there. Tuka is definitely the opposite, but they're both similar style backs, which is why I would have wanted his bench numbers to be similar because they're both similar style backs. They're both guys that, all right, Send me right up the middle. I run straight into guys. I run through them. I'm not really running around them. And if I do get a crease, I might and might not take off without getting hawked. So that's what I think about his performance. What about you, Q? What are your thoughts on him? Um, I think Tuka uh, just was one of those situations where uh, you know, he, he put his time in and, and he won. I think he. I, th- I don't think he was prepared for this. Obviously, um, he definitely didn't kill and too many of his categories, honestly. Like, it, nothing that actually stood out. Um, a 26 vertical, not good. Um, it's not Just not following numbers. And um, I like him as a player. I mean, he plays hard and he gives it all he got. But if you want to if you want to get somebody the attention, um, you got to kind of – you got to kind of conform into what they're looking for. And um, with his size, he just didn't really do that. I think Tuka Lettinen being invited was as good as it got for him. Like, he should be happy that they invited him to come out there and do his thing. But uh, the numbers that really stood out for me was his vertical and his broad jump. 26-inch vertical, 8-foot, 9-inch broad jump, and he's 6-foot? Well, all it means is that he doesn't have the explosion in his legs. And all that is is his his running form, his style of running, and not being taught. All he, he needs He needs someone to teach him how to explode out of his stance. Cause that's all it is is stance. He can't get out the blocks because he's never had to. He picks up speed as he runs. His three cone is slow. His shuttle is slow. That's because he has to get going before he goes anywhere. And then his weight takes him because he's 200 pounds. But if he if he got some actual practice at that, he could be better. That's what I'm saying. For him, just showing up was pretty good. But he has to put in some work to get better numbers. And that's something he'd have to focus on. But other than that, him being there was pretty good. So the next guy we'll talk about was the tight end, Nicholas Cantonen. Jabari, you were there. Tell us a little bit about that guy. Well, I mean, Nicholas, uh, I mean, for one thing, guy was uh, he was huge. I mean, he had a nice size, definitely looked like a tight end. But uh, he, he definitely uh, was not ready for this. And I'm not even sure if he should have been invited to this. So it's not too much to say about Nicholas. I mean, for the CFL being 6'1", Barely 6'2 and 205, listed as a tight end. Uh, He definitely didn't have a chance. He didn't really do great in the ball skill drills. And I think that he's just a guy that just was happy to be there, and that was it. He was just happy to be there. Just, like, grateful for the opportunity. Wasn't expecting to be called, but you guys called me, and I showed up. And, uh, Nicholas, we thank you for showing up. You did a good job showing up. That's about it. Yeah, and we're just going to leave that at that. The American Football in Finland podcast is more than happy to provide a necessary service to the football community on an international scale. If you haven't yet noticed, our podcast is free to listen to, and we've also created an online platform for the football community to engage with each other. Unfortunately, it isn't free, nor cheap to do these things. We ask that if you really appreciate what we're doing, feel free to make a small donation in support of AFF. Head to the support AFF section on our website 
and choose the donate tab to help us keep this thing going. You can donate through our Podbean patron program or just give what you can with either PayPal or Stripe payments. Anything you donate is real support and we truly appreciate it. Let's get to the defense. Let's talk about defensive back Vilja Limpinen and how he did. And Q, you can go first on him. Okay, uh, Vilja, 6'1", um, almost 6'2". Uh, bench, uh, I think he I think he, he has to do with that side of thing. I, I, I see him doing 12 to 15. I think he should be there. He's, he, he's definitely a younger guy. Um, he is one of the, if not one of the best corners, um, finished corners there. 40 time definitely wasn't impressive. Um, another t- another thing, I just I, I'm not sure how prepared he was for it, and it might not be his it might not be his fault. But I mean, for the simple fact that like this isn't normal um, there, so uh, I can understand that his, his his shuttle time wasn't that bad. But I think overall, um, he probably just didn't wow. I mean, that's that's what the common is. I mean, you could be a good player in your team, you could be a good player in the league, and you can make plays, but you, you want to wow people. You want to, you want them to look on the paper that you, you want a person that wasn't there to look on the paper and say, "Hey, who is this guy right here? That's six one that plays corner that that did fifteen reps, that that ran a four six or four five. Like, who is that guy?" Now you go to look at the film and you start evaluating. And I, I just think his numbers weren't where they needed to be. Um, but he's young, and I think he'll get a chance at it again um, in the future anyway. So um, I, I'm hoping that now he'll you know probably work a little harder to. To try to fix some of those things. What I saw, well, I didn't see, but what I see from the numbers is he just wasn't prepared. And not to the point that, oh, he didn't know he was doing it, but just you could look at his numbers and tell that's his natural ability. A lot of that is just his natural ability and knowing how to do the drills, not necessarily knowing how to perfect them, but knowing how to do them. And he's naturally talented. I like that they hided him at almost six foot two. And 190 pounds, because that's a perfect size for a cornerback. He's long. He's rangy. Um, his in-game film kind of goes with those numbers. He's tall. He's rangy. He makes a lot of plays on the ball. And he could be better. But like you said, Q, he's young. Uh, for him, just go back, get back in the gym, hit these drills a little bit better. Next year, you get an invite. You'll be in Toronto. That's how I feel about it. What about you, Jabari? I agree with you guys. I mean, because coming into this combine, he's the youngest one in the combine at 18 years old. And I think that for him to even like get this experience this early, knowing that, you know, these guys can get this invite until they're about 28 years old. So for him to have like a 10 year advantage and to jump on the competition, I think this was a perfect situation for him. If anything, out of all the guys in the combine that, that was there this year, he has the biggest upside because, I mean, it, he's already 6'1", and he's 18. He could possibly get up to 6'2", and 6'3". He's probably going to gain a little more weight as he gets size. He's probably going to get stronger. Now that he knows how to prepare and exactly what's going to go on, I, I wouldn't doubt. Give this guy two or three years of good coaching. I think that he has the potential with his frame alone. But if he can come back in a few years and run that 4'6", four, 4'5", maybe 12 reps on the bench and just improve. Shoot, man, little video might be in the league, man. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. What about the other DB, uh, Rufa Khalifa that was out there? He's a bigger cornerback, but similar skill set, you know, long, rangy, but he's more, I mean, he was, what, 214 pounds. What do you think about him, Bart? Man, I, if of all the guys that I was just – 
disappointed with. I think that he was the one that I was more shocked that didn't perform well because out of all the guys on the list, Sebastian, Mickey, all those guys, I thought, in my honest opinion, when I walked in and saw this guy, he sculptured like a Greek god. I mean, big, cut up, looks mean, dreads hanging. So if I'm a scout just from the look, like the scouts was looking at this guy, they were like, what do you play, receiver? Like, no, I'm a DB. And guys were like, what? Because the guy's legitimately 6'2", 214. You, you got a Jalen ramsey size corner playing ball. So just his size, it was like, all right, this guy, finna, he finna do something special. He hit 13 on the bench. I'm like, all right, he finna do something special. Then you run a five flat 40. <laughs> I I was I was basled. And I think that he was the guy that I said, you know what? This is living proof that these guys would not prepare for this. Cause there is no way possible that he of all people looking like that. And just the reputation that the magnitude that his name holds, I think that that was not expected from him. Even the even the vertical, he looks like he could jump 40 inches in the air. And then the then he didn't even participate. I think in the in the shuttle drill because then I I don't know if he well he got disqualified. So just not being prepared and knowing how to do it hurt him a lot. But one thing I can say is he was hungry after he left there. Like he was more mad at himself for not being prepared. And I think that he's another guy still young, about twenty two, maybe years old. I think that he's another guy that has potential to get better. And that's the only thing that's saving him right now. So if you if you listen to this if you listen to this podcast, uh, Khalifa, I still believe in you. You sculpture like a Greek god. You got an attitude. You got the dreads hanging. I want you to come back and run a four four and prove me wrong because I picked you personally to make it to Toronto and you didn't make it. But I feel like it's only because you were unprepared, not because you're not CFL material. So. That's what I got to say about him. And I hope you get on and listen to this podcast and know that Jabari disappointed because he looked like a Greek god and he should have been in the CFL. That's how I feel. Greek god. What about you, uh, Q? What do you think about him? Um, I think he, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's overall size wise, the, the probably is what you could pray for as a coach for a cornerback. Uh, the only thing with that, when you're big like that, you have to have feet. And that's just something that I think he has to work on um, his vertical. I, I just, it's hard. It's, it, like, like Barry said, if you look at him, you, he looks like uh, he's in shape. I mean, he, he works out, he's fit, but then you look at his like vertical and then even, even the speed. I mean, you're not going to keep up with anybody in, in the CFL running a five, uh, a five at corner. It's just not going to happen. I mean, unless you, and I, I don't think they really play cover two too much. So, He's just a bigger guy. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, if he's if he's the size that that league probably wants, but and not with those numbers anyway. His number has to go down um, 40 times definitely. Uh, the bench, I was I thought he would have probably benched more than that. Honestly, I'm not even I'm not not lying. I know he's he's a big guy, strong, but 13 still it wasn't bad. But I I expect him to do like 15 to 20. And um, yeah, the shuttle not not. Qualifying in the shuttle didn't help him, and uh, it's another case of he just didn't wow. I mean, maybe he, maybe he did size wise, but when you're that big, they they expect certain things from you. They definitely want to see if you can move your hips. He, he's still young, and I, 
I think he just has to come back next time and, and, and practice a little hard before he get there. Can I pick it back off you real quick, Q? Like, looking at his size, the craziest thing about it is he's playing corner in Finland, but he has a league safety size. The dude's 6'2", 214, with flat feet. You're a safety. And that may be something that may be that may be a coaching point for his future. Like if he keeps that size at some point, a coach that really knows how to coach defense, they're probably going to look and say, hey, kid, look, you six two two fourteen, and you probably can get down to a four eight. Have you ever considered playing safety instead of corner? Because think about I'm it. Put him in the box. Yeah, because in the CFL, <laughs> in the CFL, you got guys getting in these running motions and he running a five flat. Nah, coach, I'm not finna put him out there corner. And I got guys like Sebastian out here running, running four sixes with a with a head start. Y'all making the point for him, like he not gonna get into the CFL with his skill set. And I think y'all both touched on it like separately, but together. Uh, Q, you said it. I mean, the dude footwork, um, and Rufa, you know, I'm your boy. Vasa Newt, we have some times, you know, but footwork ain't his footwork isn't good. And for a corner, that's kind of ridiculous. But he's also a corner who's played in, you know, the Maple League and in uh, the Super Serien in Sweden, where him being six foot two has done nothing but help him. And even though he's running a five flat out there, as we can see from these numbers, that ain't slow out here in Europe. I mean, he's not playing in CFL. So who's going to actually tell him, hey, man, you need to do better or you need to change positions? Because if you look at what he's done in Europe, he's he's been successful. He's done great things. And so there's nothing pushing him to be better except for this one combine that he went to. This is the, his wake-up moment. I'm just going to say one bit of advice to Rufa, drop 10 pounds or five key kilos, however you want to do it, and keep grinding. You drop them 10 pounds, you're lighter, everything, all your numbers go down. He immediately runs under a five flat if he drops 10 pounds. If he's 204, 205, he can run it. 215 is too heavy for him. It's too much weight. I've seen him gain weight in the last two years, and I've seen him get slower. And that's what it looked like with his numbers is that he's just a little bit heavier than he needs to be. That 30-inch vertical jumps up to 33-34. And at six foot two, a 34-inch vertical, all you really need. And he can hang. He might not be able to dominate nobody over in Toronto, but he can hang. And that's all he need to do is get a shot over there. So that's all I'm going to tell him to do. Drop 10 pounds and keep grinding. The next guy who actually is a defensive back but was listed as a linebacker Similar situation to Rufa, because he gained a little bit of weight. Actually, Olin, what are your thoughts on him, Barry? Uh, actually, like you said, man, I agree, man. I just think that uh, he's a bit heavy. And for his for his height and size, he's a guy that, you know, for that DB position, he's probably a little too heavy. And I know for a fact another guy that just wasn't prepared uh, for these type of drills. And uh, for him being on, the, being on the old end of the margin, like, you know, because they have an age limit, I think that that was probably the last opportunity and shot that he had. But one thing I can say about him being out there with it is he had fun. So I'm, I think for him is to go out there and for the first time he's ever done any of those drills and just, I think he's another guy that feels like, dang, you know, it was a privilege after all of these years to finally be invited. One thing I will say is I think young actually from a few years ago, a few pounds lighter in his Tav days, I think that that guy would have been athletic enough to do something. I feel like his case 
different from the other DBs in this. It's just the fact that this opportunity came too late in his life and his career. I mean, he's won about four or five championships out here in Finland. They went all across Europe and played everybody. He has absolutely no reason to still be trying to stay uh, six foot, 175 and run a four six. I think that this opportunity just caught him at the wrong time in his career. And that's all I got to say about that. I'm glad you said what you did. I was going to go a whole nother route with what I was going to say, but you you said it perfect, man. It was a pleasure for him to be out there, go have some fun. And like you said, probably his last opportunity. The only thing I would say about actually Olin's performance is that it was a wasted opportunity. I think they should ask someone maybe younger or in a different position to have that shot because I feel like it was wasted on actually because of where he is in his career. Olin, um, like you say, he's, he's a little older in his career. Not to take away from his 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 ability, um, but they got him listed as a linebacker. Um, size wise, I can see that maybe weak side linebacker. Um, they do, but they do a lot of covering in in the CFL. And uh, maybe I'm not. I would never say he's not uh, athletic enough to play. I think his speed would be a problem. Obviously, running a five two, that's just way too slow for for, for a corner hybrid safety um, playing in a in an all passing league, pretty much. Um, but his bench, uh, six. I thought I would. I, I thought he'd still be in that ten or twelve range at least. So that was a little under. Um, but I think he's just a little. You know, he's a veteran guy. Um, I think he got invited simply because of his. Not to say because of his name, but his ability also, and just his his consistency in foot in, in the Maple League. Um, so I think you know his numbers didn't really make him stand out either. Um, so. I think it was more one of those uh, respect things and, and just be having a reputation of being a, a, a player. Um, it wouldn't have, I know this might sound crazy, but I think he probably should have did some, maybe some, some went out as a kicker. Honestly, I think he can punt real good and, and he can kick field goals. So it wouldn't have been a bad idea for him to actually go, go as a kicker. Uh, so that's pretty much all the skill guys. Hopefully we can get to the linemen now. There's only a few of those. Are you planning a trip and looking for an affordable place to stay? It's 2020, so we know overpriced hotels are a thing of the past. Find yourself a more affordable and convenient option using Airbnb. If you haven't joined Airbnb yet, it's not too late to find your ideal travel experience. Use the Airbnb link in the AFF description to get a huge discount of up to 41 euros for signing up today. That's almost one free night for most places. Hurry up and join today. Talking about the linemen who actually went to the combine, uh, mostly defensive guys representing the linemen, but they did have one offensive lineman who was Yeri Lati. So we'll just talk about Yeri first and how he did. What do you think about him, Q? Um, I think Yuri had some pretty good numbers, actually. Um, I think the this, the biggest thing for him, um, I think, was size. Because technically, he he isn't one of the bigger linemen. He's definitely strong for his size, though, I will say that. I think he's, he's definitely a beast. His bench was right where I thought probably was going to be in those 20 to 25 range. You know, at, at linemen, it's, 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 they like to see if you can move side to side, obviously. But being that he he's strong and, 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 and can move side to side, I think his, the biggest maybe reason – why did why he didn't get picked or or selected was probably just off of just looking at him and you say oh lineman um he just automatically undersized not saying he can't play with him but it's just i know that they probably looking for a bigger lineman um to bring out there yeah that makes sense that's that's how i felt about it i feel like he he's his play 
doesn't really matter in this sense. This is a meat market when you think about getting into the CFL and the NFL. Like, you got to fit the mold and then be good. And for him, I think he's a, a good player. I think he probably could play. But his size, he'd be overmatched almost every every time he line up. The defensive guy would be bigger than him. And that's not something you want <laughs> on your offensive line in the CFL. What about you, Barry? I think I agree with you guys, and I think that if he does want to play in the CFL at that size, he might have to convert to like a position like fullback or something like that. Because if he would have went into this as a fullback, you know, probably dropped a few pounds and had like you know some good some good numbers, you could say, all right, this guy's a fullback that we know is a great blocker, great technique because he's been a lineman. And I think that it's just several things about these guys, like you know, that you could just that you could just pick with. But I think that may be his thing at like, you know, 6'2", 247 or 274. But has for alignment, he was actually very athletic. I mean, I think dropping a few pounds and keeping that same blocking technique and aggressiveness, he could, he could you know, become a fullback. Not to mention, yet he's about 22, 23 years old. So he still has time to consider these type of things. Let's talk about the defensive guys. Uh, first guy I want to talk about is the the staple for defensive linemen in uh, Finland, Oko Oittinen. Uh What were your thoughts on him, uh, Q? Um, I think Oko still has that motor. I think he's one of those people who you have to see his film. Um, I don't think none of this stuff actually means anything for him. It's, he's just he's one of those people who he's just not probably a good test taker. His shuttle was great, though. I will say that for his size. Him running a four three shuttle was great. Um, that lets you know that he can he can he can move. He can move side to side. Um, he can get to the quarterback. Um, but in in this case, um, maybe his performance just wasn't that outstanding for those for those guys who feel like uh, we're gonna give him a shot. But he's definitely he's definitely one of those guys who I think he's probably not just the greatest of of a, a test taker, and he just probably haven't you know really practiced it as, as much. Um, but I think by watching his film, ability-wise, he can play in the CFL. Um, it's just a matter of whether other people or, or one team think he can play there. Um, but then they have to see it, you know. So um, I think Oko, ability-wise, talent-wise, can play in the CFL. But these numbers um, just weren't enough to, to for them to just pull the trigger on it. I agree with what Q said. Uh, and the thing is, Oko, out of all the guys that have been here before, I think it was maybe a year ago or even two years ago where he actually made it to the big combine in the CFL. So of all the guys, I think he had the most knowledge and would have known how to prepare more. I mean, like, for an example, he went a few years ago and hit 21 on the bench and come back and hit 16. Uh, he's lost a little weight. He's about 250 now compared to, like, the 270 and 280 he used to be. So... I think that this is just like him getting a bit older and him just, you know, probably losing just for that level, probably losing the step as a defensive lineman. I mean, I'm not really sure if 250 is big enough to be a defensive lineman. He almost sounds like a linebacker at the size. 6'3", 250, he sounds like a good linebacker to me. And like you said, with his side-to-side -side ability, man, Oko probably should have went out there and tried to learn how to cover a few people. But that's my opinion on him. I definitely think that for what it's worth, he's still going to be a beast, not only in Finland, but this particular combine with him already being 30. I think that for him going out there, I think that this was much more for him to prove to himself and see where he is because he didn't take it as personal 
or as you know serious as some of these other guys who oh i want to make it to the cfl for the first time like oka was probably injury away from actually being in the cfl i think when he got to the final stage a few years ago that is the only thing that stopped him from making it was having an injury in the combine he just wanted to come back with this opportunity and see where he is and i think he got his answer yeah i agree with y'all too i think Oko did fine. His numbers show how his playing playing style has changed. A few years ago, Oko was big and strong enough that he could play defensive tackle and defensive end. If you watch him lately, he's rushing. He's playing edge rush, and that's that's what he looks like with you know a linebacker type body with speed, not necessarily a lot of strength, but enough to get the job done. And that's what his numbers kind of represented. And like you just said, Barry, he's thirty years old. I don't think that they were going to take him either way. I don't think the CFL had any intentions of taking him. I can tell you from personal experience, I was asked about Oko playing in the CFL the last two summers. I've had teams contact me and ask me, hey, who is this guy? And when I told them who he was and how old he was, they all said, well, you know, we were thinking maybe we could work with him, but at his age, he's not going to be a developmental. And that's what the CFL is trying to do with this whole program. They're not really looking for a lot of guys that they expect to just come over and just play. They're looking for guys they think they can, you know, have on the roster for one or two years and develop into CFL players. Somebody like Oko, that's a, a little bit harder because once he turns 31, 32, his body is going to give way and they don't, they're not going to invest in that. I think that's all it is for Oko is that, like, like you said about actually earlier, earlier, just wrong time of his career. So a lot of you younger guys don't waste your, your youth. Y'all need to start doing this crap now so y'all can come out here and, and show that you can do it at a, at a younger age. Daniel Stadler. What do you know about him, Barry? Uh, Daniel is, is just flat out huge. I mean, this guy was a uh, when you look when you look at Daniel, man, Daniel just looked like a true interior D lineman. I mean, the guy was huge. And in my opinion, for, for his size, he was actually pretty uh, athletic. I mean, let's look at this. He ran a faster 40 than Yeti did, and he's 6'4", 308. So this guy definitely had, like, some athletic ability at that size. And he's a true defensive tackle size. What did kind of get under my skin is the 16 reps on bench. And I think that's another thing that hurt him because, still, again, 6'4", 308, you got running backs out benching you, impossible. 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 (laughs) Daniel, I'm with it. Because if I'm a scout and I looked at this guy – this guy looked just like a green giant. And then I go down the list and I say, I laugh because I say, <laughs> you did 16. What? No way. So that's my opinion on Daniel. But in those one-on-one drills, I can say he overpowered almost every single offensive lineman that he went one-on-one against. And I think that, like you guys said earlier, I'm a back the Yeti. Guys that size, him having a block at 6'2", is impossible because that's one advantage that Daniel did use. Yet he has great technique and he's stronger, but Daniel has long arms to where you get a smaller lineman Yeti size, just your length along and that, that 308 makes it impossible for you to block a guy like that. But 
he's not athletic as he needs to be for a D tackle. When you think about a D tackle, this is a guy in the trenches that needs to be able to move, get off of blocks, get off of double teams. Looking at his numbers, I don't think that he's side to size athletic enough as they wanted him to be to get picked up. But damn, if it was based off size, yeah, he would have been signed by walking through the door. All I'm going to say about Stadler is, I mean, D lineman, interior D lineman, you're over 300, you're over 6'4, you just got to put up 25 reps. You got to put up 25 reps, show you got the strength, and then you can prove everything else on the field. As soon as I seen 16, I just kept moving. And that's what they probably did as well as, I mean, you just got to be stronger than that if you want to be in the CFL. I think those are good numbers if you want to play in Finland. I think, you, as you as you said, he could be dominant in Finland. But, I mean, it is what it is. What about you, Q? What do you think about him? Uh, um, I actually know Dan Staller pretty good. Uh, I, my last season playing in Finland, uh, he was actually on my defense. Um, at that point in time, he was a hybrid of a Russian and a, and a linebacker. Um, now he's a lot bigger. He put on a lot more weight than when when, when I've seen him. Um, so I think that's a, a issue for him because now he looks like the uh, a, a interior D lineman. Um, but then that takes away from the, what his ability was when I when I when I played with him. He was a lot quicker, a lot more speed, um, definitely strong. Um, so that 16 bench definitely for his size is not a good look at all. And um, on top of just not, you know, wowing um, those guys. But the, too bad the eye test can't get you because he would pass that flying colors. But his numbers and just his, his ability as a bigger lineman now just causes for a problem in the passing league. You need, you need guys that can get to the quarterback in, in two or three seconds. And um, I think that would just be an issue for him. Yeah, what about the, the other defensive lineman, Krista Berg, from the, the Roosters that showed up? Uh, what did you think about him, Q? For me, it, it was hard to say. Just just going off of size-wise, uh, definitely not what I don't think the CFL is going to want um, for a D lineman. Um, 12 reps on the bench, definitely not for, for a lineman. Um, just, I just think maybe out of, out of position, but just showed up and, you know, Gave it all he had, pretty much, but um, I, I don't see anything that's just standing out for him. I'm going to say that he probably shouldn't have been there anyway. I mean, you can't send a person that's not the best guy at that position on your team to the CFL Combine. Like, these are one of the – not taking anything away from him, but these are one of the things that I'm just like, all right, he's a young talent, and I think for what it's worth, because he was productive for the Roosters, that he got this invite. But I still feel like when you got guys like Oko, you got guys like Edward and other guys on the same team that were probably better. Uh, I'm just thinking in terms of the league and how they go about allowing these guys to participate in this. If I'm doing this so I can just test himself and get better, okay, go ahead. Go out and get better. You do your thing. But if I'm doing it to overall represent the country, I want to try to get as much of the best guys in there to have a chance to succeed at that position. By sending a guy that's already 21 years old in position and not the best, I think that you waste spots. But for his benefit, now we're just talking about his performance. I think that him being 21, if this is really his dream, you never could take a kid's dream away. But I think that for him, this was another opportunity just to be a great experience for him to go out and compete under the spotlight and see what it's like. And if he chooses to, 
I think he has a lot of work to do, starting from gaining some weight and getting a bit bigger if he wants to go as a defensive lineman. But huh, it's in the air for him. Yeah, I won't say much about Christian Berg. I think he's a, a good player, a good young player, but he's another guy that, again, despite probably should have went somewhere else. And for him, he has to change positions. There was also two other defensive linemen, but they're not finished, so we're not going to talk about it. 2020 will be a big year for the AFF podcast. It's our first year having our own website to better engage with the football community. As cool as it is having our own site, it wouldn't be possible without a reliable hosting company. We use Bluehost to own AmericanFootballInFinland.com outright. From the domain name to our custom email addresses, Bluehost makes it all possible at an affordable price. If you have a website or want to start one, go to Bluehost today and choose the option that is right for you. To receive the AFF discount, use the URL link in this episode description or click on the Bluehost logo found on our website page. Even though the overall numbers weren't great this year, we still got hope for the future. We've been saying it on this entire show that now that the CFL 2.0 program is, you know, it's done it two years now. Uh, We've seen what kind of players they want. We've seen what players need to do better in the future. So let's talk about some ideas that we have for how to, you know, be better here in Finland at this CFL combine, which is going to be a yearly thing going on. Uh, First question I want to ask you guys is, what are some ways you think we can improve the individual results? Well, for first things first, I think overall allowing these guys to know more than two or three months ahead that this is happening. Uh, a lot of the guys had no idea that they were going to even be in this combine until two or three months before. And then they have to scrabble last minute and try to train themselves, not having any idea what to train themselves on or how to better themselves for I think that overall, the SAJL, they're going to have to some point invest into helping these guys get better. I mean, you have several guys around the capital area and even out there in Vasa and places like that where you could invest into making sure that these guys get the proper training, coaching and teaching and just knowledge of the drills. A lot of the guys learned about these drills for the first time just by showing up. I think that that alone made these results look like what they look like for guys simply not knowing you had some guys that was dropping the bar dead in their chest taking their own win and killing themselves because they don't even know how to properly bench press so i think that this is something small that can be done is just the overall federation investing into getting not only just guys more knowledgeable but getting more participation i think that it could have been much more than 14 guys there And out of that number, you know, just to see more, I think uh, being out there, the fact that it was about four receivers and two DBs, you're not really getting good work. And a lot of those guys, the skill, the skill drills itself hurt them, because if I'm a DB and I got to cover a guy six times straight, I'm liable to get tired. And when you get tired, you get what? Beat. It just so happened that some of these guys had to go back to back with Sebastian and Mickey consistently. And they lost every time. So I think that those are things that we can do here on our end as a as a as a country, as fans of the sport, as coaches, just by taking these guys, getting this information to them earlier that they're going to be in this combine and giving them a fair chance to prepare for it. I think that for the guys that are younger, like Vilio and those other guys that we know for sure next year, they should be in this combine. 
we need to already start getting these guys prepared right after the season for this thing so they can have a fair four or five months of training and then there's no excuse for them to go out there and not perform besides not having that it factor when it's time to go. So that's my opinion about it. Hey, you know what? I, I like what you said. I'm going to say it here. Y'all can hold me to it if you want, but I probably won't do it. Hey, October 1st, AFF Combine Training. It's available. Y'all just let us know where y'all want we us to there. be and how y'all want us to teach you. We got <laughs> you. We got you. AFF got you. Se- season, season is over on uh, September. I mean, I, yeah, September 12th. I think season is over September 12th. So, you know, we give you two weeks. October 1st, we hit the ground running. If you want to join the AFF Combine uh, group, just let us know. Send us a message and we'll make it work. Uh, what about you, Q? What do you think some ways we can improve the individual results? Uh, send them to the uh, American Football and Finland camp um, at least twice a year. And uh, um, they'll be <laughs> formulated to be able, to, <laughs> to, be able to, to, to be able to to give you the results. And I think I think Finland just needs to, as a whole, make sure they do this. Um, even even if it's just a, you know, in Finland combine, you know, just to get the guys in that in that mode of being used to, you know, sh- showcasing their talent. Um, like I said, they do a disservice if they don't concentrate on it from this point on because. If you if you want to be prideful of the guys that you're sending to the combine, then I make you want to you want to be for sure like, hey, I know why these guys are going, and you want everybody behind them to have almost had a chance too to also go. So you just got to push them a little harder, maybe get them the right training, and um, other than that, I think I think it'll be fine. Uh, my opinion on this would be to stop playing football year round, guys. And I know. That sounds crazy in Europe, and everybody's like, you know, we don't have as much time as they do in the States to practice, so we have to do it year-round. Blase, blase, blase. Um, let's just be honest. The guys in the States that practice these drills and stuff, that's what you do in off-season. You do athletic movements. You do a lot of work in that doesn't involve actual football. You're doing all these drills and all these different things that kind of encompass combine drills but aren't specifically combine drills you don't just run the shuttle for six months but you do a lot of different things that help you be quicker when you're doing the shuttle and the l drill you do a lot of change of direction type stuff and you don't even see a football for about four or five months and then you have spring practice for a month and then you don't see a football again all summer and then you go into camp well here let's say a lot of these teams start practice in january for a season that doesn't start till may and that isn't over until September. So these guys have October, November, December, and then this CFL Combine is coming up in January. So you have three months to train specifically for this, and then once you're done, you're in season. It's once January 15th, January 20th gets here, all these guys are practicing for the season, which means even if they – did well at the combine or if they didn't do well they don't they can't get better now they're in season mode and then they have to try to wait a whole season again a whole nine months and then try to get it all back in in three months that's not going to make you better but that's how the system is set up my my advice would be to let football go in the offseason and work on becoming better athletes because if you look at both nfl and cfl these guys are athletes not football players 
So if you're constantly trying to just be better at playing football, you're doing yourself a disservice and limiting what you physically can do, especially for a combine event where your physical capabilities is what gets you a chance to play the game. That's my rant on it. I won't rant on it no more. I want to pick it back off. And you said the funny thing you said there, because to prove your point, think about think about when teams actually bring imports in. They bring them in a month or two before the season starts. Why? Because we know that these guys are at home training and perfecting their craft as athletes or whatever position they play. And we expect that that's all it takes for them is to come a month or two before the season and be able to get in and make plays happen throughout the season. So why are we making the homeland athletes train for nine months? Not to mention that most of the veteran guys that know what they can do, they're not showing up in September, October, November, December anyway. So if you want to make it to where you have crash courses for rookies and people that want to come out for the first time and learn the sport, yeah, do something like that. But most of these guys, they're so seasoned in the sport and in their teams, they're coming in January, February anyway. Now, if you say, hey, guys, uh, the CFL is coming every year. Uh, uh, X1, X2, X3, X4, X5, and X6, you're going to be in the combine. You need to come to practice because we got a specialist out there. Uh, AFF is going to be here the whole week teaching you guys how to run 40s and do more than five reps on the bench. You should probably be there tonight. A lot of guys are going to be like, oh. That's exactly what I would rather be doing in my free time besides going one-on-one with a guy that I've been seeing at practice already a whole season. So I definitely agree with you on that. And, like, even in the States, Division One and Division Two ball, we're not out there for 12 months playing football. You know, we report the camp when we need to, and we're expected to report in shape and ready to go. They give you a workout plan that you can be doing when you're not with your folks, when you're not with the team. And you show up ready to go. And if you're not ready to go, then you don't want it. And I think that that's the type of approach that could be taken over here for the simple fact of it's so much time. And to think that these guys are practicing for nine months and the season comes and start, guys still aren't able to properly backpedal and tackle, it makes it seem even worse. I'd rather be able to say, okay, I can't tackle and I can't cover because I've only been training for four months. I hate saying that after knowing that I've trained for nine months. So I agree with you. So the last thing I want to talk about, you know, ideas for improvement of this is how should we go about choosing players to participate? And Q, you can go first on this one. Um, I think you evaluate the the talent that's around. Um, a lot of it maybe off of how their seasons went. Um, just them as, you know, the size it's, it's different ways you can judge them, but I think performers more than anything is it, it should be the only, if not uh reason that some of these guys are going. I mean, this is, you want your best players to be there representing. So I think performance alone is, is what you got to see. Like dominance. Did they, did they dominate all year? Um, if you put them in front of people where people say, okay, this is, a, I know he's one of the best guys in Finland because I can see this. I can see that. Um, I think just being in more detail on, on the on the small things, the football things, um, will will help a lot, and it will help change results. So, I think, um, and then just getting some of the coaches together, some of the top coaches, getting some of those guys together, and figuring out who they think are the best players or what are the best players this season, and then you put those guys out there. I agree with you. Um, I think that we definitely should always, in anything where it's representing the country with the best 
national team included. We're not going to get on that, but I think that you should always try to put the best out there. And also, I think that they need to get guys that have an upside. What I mean by that is get young guys in there that are young, but also already competing at a level as some of these veterans are. For an example, when guys go to college, I got a freshman that's the same size as a senior and he's about as good as a senior. I'm probably starting the freshman. Why? Because in four years, he's probably going to progress more than that senior and he's probably going to be a beast as a freshman for me now. I think that that type of mentality also has to go into this. It's just putting guys out there that actually have a chance to have guys in here to just, ah, we like this guy. He's been a stud for three decades now. He's going to the combine. Nah, don't, don't, don't waste spots on guys that have an opportunity to be there. I'll try to get as many of these. Even some of the guys that aren't as great, if they're talented enough, they should be in this combine. For an example, I don't understand why Tino and Johannes wasn't in this combine. I don't understand why. Because those are guys that actually have had practice running. I'm going to say it. That's because they're in Quopio. I said it. You heard it here on AFF. They throwing shade out there to Quopio. I said it. Because in my opinion, the reason I asked that is, is because all winter, the Steelers were actually having combines. So like we talked about teams doing it, they were having combines. And their coach, he was posting like, yeah, I got guys that's running four fours, four fives out here. That sounds great, coach. Send them to the combine so we could have saw that. Because if I would have had a guy, spit, I think Tino probably does run a four 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 five. But who got to see it that matters? Nobody. I think that we need to be making sure, like I said, that we're giving guys that's going to go out and blow this thing up. Because I want to hear, dang, man, did y'all hear about that uh, finish receiver DB that ran a 4-3? Dang, they got some athletes in Finland. Well, we saw this year, they're like, uh, yeah, eh, white men can't jump on. Huh? Okay. That's what these results looking at now showed, and that's not what you want for a top three country. I want people to say, dang, Finland's a top three country in Europe outside of Germany and Austria. They got receivers running four fours. They got D linemen and linebackers and people bench press reps. We just got to do better. And we better by getting the best in there. So next year, if these guys have the type of season that they had, which was productive for their teams, and they're not at this combine, knowing that they should be, we got a big problem. That means that we're not picking who deserves to be there. We're being biased. I think that's the problem, Purvis. Like you said, we're being biased about who we let do anything. Cut it out. We're being biased about who we let coach these guys. We're being biased about who we where we let them play. We're being biased about who we like and don't like. We got to cut that out. We got to stop that. So next year, Tino, Johannes, whoever else that can outrun an import in a game or the combine. Because it only makes sense. Well, sorry, I got it. Hit, it hit a yeah, spot. It, got it hit a soft spot for me too, <laughs> man. Because I just thought about Tino wasn't at the combine. My idea, and suggestion would be to. I don't know how the whole like national teams and stuff go, so I'm just gonna say, you know, bring in AFF Combine Services, and we have our own combine after the CFL one. You know, in you know February or March. That way guys can, you know, show what they got if they didn't get invited to that combine. And then we have a list of guys who might be available for the next one at the end of the season. After the season, have another small regional Finland combine. And the, the guys who show the most in that combine or who get invited from their in the season play, 
Because if they ball during the season, you know, invite them after the season for a combine. They do well. The guys that do well in those, that last combine, send those guys in January. Guys that you know are going to represent you to the utmost instead of just hoping that guys are going to do well, you know? If a, if a guy can show you in March that he's ready for the combine, then you already know what you're going to get a year later, and he can, you know, work on his craft after the season. But you got some guys who during the season, they just ball out, and you're like, well, maybe he can do something. After the season, see where he's at. If he shows promise, let him go to the CFL invite. If he shows that he's not really a combine guy, okay, maybe next year. Or maybe you come to the after CFL combine. Give guys options to show what they got. Because I feel like just picking guys randomly or picking who you think is going to be good at this doesn't work. Because some of these guys, they're not combine guys. Some guys just don't do well at these type of drills or don't know or want to know how to do well at them. So we're wasting these spots. Like we said, there was three or four guys who just shouldn't have been there. But who should have? Well, obviously, Tino should have been there. But it's really hard to just say, you know, a good player should be there. But if you actually have these events during the year at some point so people can see how they're actually doing, you can't deny somebody. If we if we have an official event and guys are running four fives, four sixes, you can't deny them the invite to the CFL combine. And that's the only, I guess, diplomatic way I think we should go about it. And that's my opinion on it. A uniform is more than a piece of clothing. It's an important piece of a team's image that mirrors the organization's values. With quality materials and the expertise of their in-house design team, Wrecker Athletics can make your organization's vision a reality. Contact Wrecker Athletics to take your team to the next level. That's it for the for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth, worth the listen. Uh, do you guys have any last words before we go? Nothing. Nah, nah. I'm good. I'm good, man. I think some good, some good, some good conversation, man. I, I hope these guys take it serious next time. That's for sure. Man, I'm gonna say shout out to my boy Alfie out there in Rovaniemi. He heard the podcast last time. He said I should have gave him a shout out. He said he's gonna be the best receiver in the first division. I don't think he is, but I'm gonna shout him out anyway. Nah, I'm just playing. Love you, bro. That's all I gotta say. If you guys enjoyed the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Also, you know, we're on Instagram. We're doing big things. So follow us at American Football in Finland. And until next time, never forget T I F.